This is Carl Hughes with Town Square Media, your host for Issues and Answers. Issues and Answers is a public affairs program for Western Colorado. Residents and members of our community tell us what concerns they have, and from that feedback, we identify significant issues to include in our weekly program. Today, my guest is Stefania Vasquez, founder and executive director of Mutual Aid Partners. Today, we will be discussing the work done by Mutual Aid Partners, the scope of how many people are reached, and how to help with their mission. Welcome to Issues and Answers. Thank you for having me, Carl. Well, let's start out. Um, I know people have probably heard your name. If they're on Facebook at all, they've probably seen posts about all the work that's going on out there. But tell us a little bit about the history of the Grand Junction Mutual Aid Partners and how it came to be. I, I like to start out by clarifying that Grand Junction Mutual Aid is a Facebook group that is a grassroots effort that started out um, right when the pandemic hit Grand Junction. And it's still an ongoing grassroots, community-led, peer-to-peer platform. So uh, community members can go on there and they can share their needs or they can share if they have something extra. And it's just a way for community members to be able to exchange the needs and the wants. And Right. So- you share the name Mutual Aid, but you have different organizations running them and, and kind of different goals. One is this peer-to-peer Facebook group and Mutual Aid Partners is your organization, yes, your nonprofit. Yes, that's okay, right. yeah, yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. So we want to make sure to differentiate the two because it is Grand Junction Mutual Aid, the Facebook group. Um, it, it's a force of its own uh, and it is community-led. It, it is uh, so many different awesome things happening that we probably don't even know about. And then Mutual Aid Partners. Uh, was born as a way to support some of those grassroots efforts, but definitely um, a different. We're, we're different, um, but we both kind of operate on a, on the mutual aid concept. And you were founded, born. You were started the mutual aid partners in the midst of the pandemic in 2020. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Uh, Grand Junction Mutual Aid started in March of 2020, and then I became involved volunteering at the beginning of April, and uh, that volunteer effort just absolutely inspired me to see what our community was doing, how incredible that energy um, that a lot of people didn't know what to do with, um, and so they chose to give back. Uh, really inspired me. And as the needs of the community kept growing, uh, we realized that there was a need for more structure and perhaps um, the nonprofit that could actually help with uh, tax deductible donations. And um, like I said, a little bit more structure to support those grassroots efforts and for it to be sustainable, to create formal partnerships uh, so that uh, we didn't know how long the pandemic was going to go for. And so we wanted to make sure that this was something that uh, could be sustainable. So then MAP was started in August of 2020. You read the news, honestly, we still don't know how long the pandemic is going to go. Um, if another variant is going to come out or it, it feels like we might still not be out of the woods. So it's great that you're continuing on. And more amazing to me, the fact that it started as a pure volunteer organization to help other people in our community that are struggling. You know, it wasn't founded initially as a nonprofit. It was just the worst of times in 2020. And it sounds like a group of people and some good leaders got this program together just to help each other. 
Yes, they did. And that's the, still the beauty of Grand Junction Mutual Aid, that it is 100% volunteer-led. Um, and uh, Mutual Aid Partners is mostly volunteer-led. There's one person that's me. <laughs> um, that is the, 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 the person that wears all the hats. But, um, but yes, it's, it was, it's an incredible effort that our community has come together to really lend a hand to people that's, that may not have to have to may, may not have to ask for help before. Now, the joy of being the only employee is you've got a really good chance for employee of the month every month, too. So that's good news. <laughs> now, from when it first started, then it became, you know, an official 501c3 nonprofit to where you are today. I would assume that the organization, the number of volunteers, the number of people served, you've been able to increase all those numbers. Is that right as well? I, I think so. Yeah, I think that, again, the Grand Junction Mutual Aid group has so many different projects going on within that, that I've, I've, I'm, I'm thinking that there's probably way more volunteers um, than we even know of. But Mutual Aid Partners has had a pretty good core of 25, around 25 volunteers um, that do the distribution day. Uh, but then also supportive of other projects, there's more people that we could probably count. Which is uh, the amazing story of who you are and what your organization is doing in that it doesn't have a single purpose. It doesn't have a single path that it's following. It doesn't have a single product it's producing. It truly is set up for everybody in the community to get help. One of your programs, and really probably the one that you, if I understand it right, was what started it all was the distribution or the distro. So talk about that and where that is today. The distro, distro. the distro, it's such a cool, cool event. Um, it's been going on for two years now. And um, when when the pandemic hit and people were exchanging on the Facebook group, there was a need for an actual physical platform for people to bring donations and people to come pick up. And so the distro started um, probably a handful of people before I got involved. And then um, it has grown from just providing the Choice Pantry to now also partnerships with other community organizations um, and agencies that can provide human resources. If you've ever driven by the Unitarian Church, the parking lot right across from the uh, Central Library, it's just picture an empty parking lot. The volunteers get there at 9 in the morning, and we set up tables, tents, um, and cone off the parking lot so that we basically turn it into a, a farmer's market type event. Um, and then our, our partners show up and set up their stuff. And then um, volunteers from the community, some of which may participants that may also um, want to volunteer. That's what what's the beauty of mutual aid is that there's people that come and donate stuff. There's people that want to volunteer. There's people that come pick up what they need and donate some stuff. And so there's always an exchange of resources, um, at some capacity. And, um, and yeah, it's, a it's such a cool event and a super positive experience is a very non-judgmental space. So people really feel loved and welcome and, and really feel like they can, they don't, there's not a stigma of, of coming to a place and asking for help. It's, we know that we're there to help each other out as a community. Absolutely. And what is for some, uh, I'm sure a humbling experience to have it be so non-judgmental and so welcoming. And this is a normal part of all of us getting through 
these moments in our lives, it's got to be just an incredible blessing. Now, it's once a week that you do this? Yes, that's right. Every Tuesday. And the times? Uh, 11, well, so we get there at 9 a.m. So if you want to come volunteer, I say show up at 9 a.m. You got some muscles. Help us set up the tables and tents. Uh, then our the food starts arriving around 1030. Um, and so if you want to come help set up that and um, fill up grocery bags for our participants, then that'll be like uh, 11 to 1. Um, and then our partners typically arrive also around 1030. So if you want to help with any of our partners too, they always need volunteers. And um, and then we start breaking down around 1245 and try to get out of there by two-ish. <laughs> it used to be three o'clock since that we got out of there and now we're closer to two. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Now, I know you work with, you've talked about your partners, other people, other organizations in the community um, you work with the food banks? Yes, that's correct. Um, we do. That was one of our milestones for the nonprofit is a formal partnership with the largest, the region's largest food provider, which is Food Bank of the Rockies. Uh, and so we are we do partner with them so that we have uh, more of an ongoing um, staple type thing. And then community donations still are a big part of what we do. Um, and we partner with Community Food Bank as well, which is another food pantry. So I think a lot of people would kind of be maybe be confused. You're both food pantries. We're not a food pantry. We're a food distribution. Uh, Community Food Bank is a food pantry. And that's an important um, distinction, I think, to make. The fact that you're downtown, you know, you've got your own location for people that it might be an easier place to get to you, you know, versus the actual food pantries through the Community Food Bank or Food Bank of the Rockies. What other partners come in on Tuesdays? I know you, I was reading on your website, it's a pretty interesting list of people that come in and provide additional wonderful human services in effect for for your people both human services and furry friends for services uh, we partner with barclays hope and they can do first year cat and dog vaccinations we also partner with the street dog coalition and they come once a month and uh, they are an actual veterinary veterinarian that can do uh, rabies shots exams parasite control and referrals to royce hurst um, and then moving down the line, we've got our resource tent, uh, which usually we either have the VA on the fourth Tuesday of the month. Um, and then we also have Norse Family Partnership on the fourth Tuesday. Um, we have community members that have been making soup and mac and cheese for two years. <laughs> and they just come and set up. They bring their crock pots and they serve warm love to the community, which is really cool. Um, and then we also have partnered with Hilltop Family Resources. Cooking Matters was doing interactive nutritional classes. Solidarity Not Charity. I see that you also do haircuts. Yes, that is Unity Station Cuts is who does the haircuts. They are part of Solidarity Net Charity that does street outreach and also helps distribute uh, different seasonal uh, gear. So for the winter, they were distributing blankets and coats and sleeping bags and uh, things that our houseless neighbors would need. Well, and from the day that this organization first started, again, great stories and videos on your website – Sometimes food just shows up. I mean, you've got these partners, but you also have a, a loving community that you set up the tables. The If you build it, they will come sort of, you know, metaphor. And that to me is just amazing that 
you set it up and the community steps up. Yes, definitely. And we've had some very pleasant surprises. Loma Elementary School did a canned food drive for us right when we needed it. Um, a lot of the things that um, the kind of the milestones that we've gone through have been very organic and have been really supportive the community has been really supportive of those. And so when we were running low on canned food and that sometimes that's not available through Food Bank of the Rockies, so we can't even order it, uh, a truckload of canned food from Loma Elementary showed up that lasted us for two months. Um, so it was it was cool. And then and during during harvest season, having neighbors come and just bring their bounty from their gardens, that is probably the coolest thing is that they're like, this isn't much, but this is what I picked from my garden. And you, I mean, you just like, uh, your heart melts. <laughs> this community is awesome. Yeah, it, it really is beautiful. So if, you, if you've never volunteered, if you've never been there, and you're having a day where you're sad, come out to distribution day because you sure will leave with a smile on your face and, and, and really renewed a sense of belief in, in humanity. <laughs> and and it, there's no deductible like on your insurance for this feel-good endorphin moment. So yeah, show up for that. For those that are just joining us, this is Issues and Answers with Town Square Media. I'm your host, Carl Hughes. Today, we're having a wonderful visit with Stefania Vasquez, who is the founder and executive director of Mutual Aid Partners. We're discussing all the amazing work that they're doing, the scope of how many people they're reaching. And in a little bit, we're going to be going into how you can specifically help with their mission. Now, one of your, is the senior engagement program part of yours, or is it an ancillary program that you're, you know, touched by and help support? Yes, that would be an ancillary program that started through Grand Junction Mutual Aid. Uh, Brenda Case, who actually happens to be on our board of directors, leads the effort. And community members just saw that need to connect our senior citizens um, that were at senior care facilities and some that are homebound uh, to resources, to food, to love. And so uh, there's hundreds of volunteers that get together during the holidays and put together gift baskets. Uh, they partner with elementary schools to create cards. Um, some of them have even done little plays and, and singing songs outside of the windows. Um, and so uh, as a project, that's it's still an, an ongoing grassroots effort. Uh, but because Brenda Case is part of it and any project that starts there or in any grassroots capacity that would come to MAP and say, we would like your support in this capacity, uh, we would love to do that. That's that's why we were founded, is to, to support those efforts. Um, and so we, we support them however we can. And, um, and Brenda is an incredible member of this community. So if you have any questions about getting involved, I would email Brenda, Brenda Case at mutuallypartners.org. Sorry, Brenda Case at mutuallypartners.org. Um, subscribe to our website. Uh, subscribe to our newsletter. Uh, I put on, we put the information about senior engagement on there. But they have their own Facebook group that's called um, the Senior Engagement a Mutual Aid Network. So if you follow, if you join that Facebook group, you can see everything that's going on. They put shout outs for donations on there, volunteer opportunities. Uh, they, they have adopted 25 different facilities around the Grand Valley, and there are even more facilities that need to be adopted. So if you are wanting to just do a project with your family for 
a holiday, uh, you can do that. It doesn't have to be a commitment for months and months or years and years. Uh, that's also kind of the beauty of mutual aid is that there are certain things that um, need attention and you can rally your troops, rally your family and adopt a, f- a facility and um, get involved for a few months if you like. But I bet that you'd want to stay involved because it's a pretty cool project. Well, in one of the discussions we had before we started uh, this recording or before we went on the air is the fact that Mutual Aid Partners is almost like a, a central clearinghouse, a catalyst to bring all these great groups that are doing wonderful things in the community to become aware of each other and to help each other and to grow the work that they're doing. So you've got your own great uh, mission and everything else that you're doing, but it seems like you're also a great resource for other organizations in the community that are trying to help along similar lines. Yes, absolutely. Our mission is we're a network that supports and connects grassroots efforts. In Mesa County, we facilitate communication, we boost collaboration and accessibility to resources and volunteers. Um, and our, and our, our vision is that we're driven by the spirit of solidarity. Um, We focus on action-driven creative solutions. We listen and we work within our community to build a really a truly sustainable support system. Um, And that includes collaborating with organizations that are already existing, with resources that are already existing, um, and maximizing those resources through a lens of accessibility, which I think is the biggest barrier for a lot of community members is not being able to access because they don't know how. Um, and accessibility can look in many different ways, many different forms. <laughs> well, and accessing all of these great resources, sometimes when you're fighting against what life has dealt you or what the pandemic has dealt you, all of the things that work against us sometimes, it's hard to see where to go for a resource. It's hard to know where do I start or who can I ask or where do I turn to? And the fact that you guys are that central, wonderful point where if it's not in what your mission is, you certainly know who in the community can help somebody. It seems like you're a great place for a lot of people to start to find out what's available in the community. We actually just partnered with 211 that does that. <laughs> but yes, yeah, we definitely, we we have people that come to us and say, who should I talk to? And we typically know who to turn them to. But 211, who that's our newest partnership. They're a program through Hilltop. And they uh, have, a, a, they, I just had a call with them and they have over 14,000 resources. Um, and so their, their goal is to connect people in the community to those resources and also to help advocate. And, and so... Um, 211 is incredible, and we're so excited to evolve our partnership with them because we definitely see an opportunity there. Because, yes, this is what it was turning to. But then, again, going back to there are already so many great existing resources. Um, how do we collaborate with them to to make sure that they are seen and that they are heard and that they're reaching the people that they need to reach? Um, and 211 reached out and said, we want to come volunteer. So it's been really cool to have them be at the distro volunteer building relationships, you know, building that trust with our community members and and, and see the faces behind the voices, <laughs> in well, front of the voices. <laughs> and embarrassing to admit, we've had, I've had the 211 people in to discuss what they do that was late last year because I had no clue that there was a 211 system and how much they have available. So 
great that you're now a part of that and great that even if somebody comes to you for help, you can refer them to 211 because somebody might not know about that. You are a 501c3 organization. Um, not to get too deeply into the financials, but you're not 100% funded by government grants. How are you funded and can people help with donations? It's probably whatever grants you can qualify for and then give some donations locally. Is that right? Yes, that is correct. Uh, there are various community foundations. Western Colorado Community Foundation um, was the one that gave us our very first grant. And um, again, those that's a community-led foundation that supports projects on the Western Slope and um, that with a limited capacity that a smaller nonprofit has like us and um, not having any grant writing experience. All of the grants that we received last year were all COVID related and we're just the perfect fit. And so moving forward, it's uh, community donations and any grants that we can apply for that um, mostly foundational grants and um and just donations from businesses and individuals and social clubs um, kind of doing the rounds, letting everybody know what we're doing and that we are local and that we are grassroots oriented and um, that the money that gets donated stays right here in the community and that we're not your typical nonprofit. We're not sitting around talking about what we're going to do for months and months. Um, we see the need and we can pivot really quickly and meet the needs of the community in real time. Which was a strategy, I'm sure, born out of 2020 when we didn't know each week what the next week was going to be. So the fact that you were able to do that is good. Now you're at the, tell me the name of the church or the spiritual center. Unitarian Universalist Church. And you're not a part of that organization. Mm -hmm. They just are gratefully gifting you the space to store your tables and then use their parking lot. Is that right? Yes, that is correct. Yeah, they are. The UUs are a wonderful congregation, um, but this is mutual aid is um, an independent effort. And uh, but the UU has been probably the most incredible partner we've had. Again, two years we've had the event and we store whatever non-perishables we have in a storage room downstairs. And those all the tables and well, the tents are ours, but all the tables are theirs chairs are theirs. So we're basically using all of their stuff uh, to have this event every single week. We use the refrigerator and we got a donated uh, deep freeze from Community Food Bank. So we store any frozen meats in there. Um, and then we utilize the Carvo recycling dumpster from um, Grey Gourmet. They just changed their name to Grey Gourmet. Um, and, and so it's, it's, Again, a collaboration of all different things. We use a community garden for any compost. So if we get any produce that's not good, we throw it in there. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty cool. It really is the definition of mutual aid. Yeah, it is. So we talked about the fact that you're a nonprofit, and you had mentioned earlier, all donations will be tax deductible. Um, keep that in mind. This might be a great opportunity and moment to make a tax deductible contribution to mutual aid partners. People also are able to donate time in themselves. And you mentioned that you are truly volunteer powered. You've got a core group you said of 25 to 30. And does that grow and kind of drop off? Just kind of people show up? How does all that happen? 
Yeah. So in 2021, we had about 15,000 volunteer hours. And again, those are just the volunteers that we know about because um, there are so many great efforts that are going on on their own. And uh, and so uh, with a core, and that's the core of volunteers that come to Distribution Day, Senior Engagement has hundreds of volunteers on its own. Um, but with that core of volunteers, they, I it, at first, it was kind of people were just showing up, and then now that this has turned into an, a full-fledged event, uh, we have a little bit more structure. So you can go to our website, and there's a volunteer with us, and it's just a general inquiry form. So you're not signing up for anything. You're not. Um, you can just go on there and and fill out the interest form, and then. Um, Somebody will send you an email. That would be me. <laughs> and then somebody will call you to follow up. That would be me. <laughs> and then kind of walk you through what to expect for distribution day if you can come to that. Or perhaps find out if there's any other skill set that um, you want to share with our community and maybe get you hooked up with another community partner, another organization that's also doing great work. Um, share with you what other volunteer opportunities uh, there are. Um, or maybe talk to you about some project that you want to work on because um, most likely I say that there is there is um, there's always going to be somebody else that kind of need needed that we got to get you connected because somebody's like gonna want to fix the bike there's another community member that has the bikes there's another community member that wants to clean the bikes and there's one that wants to deliver them there's and so there's always there's always going to be like the project that can happen but you just need to be able to connect the pieces the pieces of the puzzle it's a piece of a puzzle. Um, and so being able to connect that puzzle so that we can all contribute to a project that's going to help somebody um, is pretty cool. It really is because somebody who is good at fixing bikes thinks, well, that doesn't really have anything that I can do for the community because I don't have the bikes. I don't have the parts. I don't have, but I have the skill. So you're able to connect the bike and the skill and the parts and bring it all together so that there's a wonderful end product. Yeah, and we did that last year with Erie Cycles. They uh, they fixed up about 25 bikes and then those were got donated to kids in the community. So, it was so it was so cool. <laughs> so, kind of wrapping this all up, Tuesdays the distro. If I want to bring things, I mean, how do I just dive in and be a part of that? Is it, you know, go through the pantry, pick out good stuff? You know, not everybody's going to want Brussels sprouts and bring something <laughs> wonderful and then just show up there on Uray. What's the address? Is it? It's 536 Uray Avenue. Right. Anything other than that to do? Show up and volunteer and spend some time greeting people and helping. Well, kind of. You, you, we would like you to fill out the volunteer form so that, yeah, we can get a sense of why you're interested in mutual aid and then maybe other, um, other things that you want to do. Um, and then kind of just give you the lay of the land when you get there. Um, and so if you want to volunteer, you are more than welcome to show up and just ask for Stephania or Jimmy. Um, but we'd rather you fill out the, uh, the volunteer form. Um, if you are coming to bring donations, those get started at 10 a.m. And there's a donation table right up front. So you can't turn into the parking lot, but you can just drive down uh, Uray. Um, and just uh, set your donations right there. If you like a tax-deductible receipt for in-kind, we can certainly do that. Um, and if you are 
needing to also pick up some stuff, but you have some stuff to donate, that is mutual aid. So we always welcome that. If you want to come pick up some stuff, but also want to volunteer your time, that is mutual aid. So we love, we love to see that. So let's end this with the best way to find the volunteer form, to find out more about everything else that you guys are involved in, your website or a phone number, how's best to contact you? So the website is mutualaidpartners.org. Um, we also have a Facebook and Instagram page, Mutual Aid Partners. And then um, you can send an email to info at mutualaidpartners.org. And that is our main. Um, and our phone number is 970-316-2019. And if you, are a city mar- if you have a city market card and you use that number, you can always connect your city market card to give back. So you're not giving anything extra. Just do your regular grocery shopping. But if you connect our, our organization, um, we get some money back from city markets. So just a quick plug. <laughs> That's good, though. Lots of ways to help. There is, yeah. Well, I'd like to thank... Stefania Vasquez, founder and executive director of Mutual Aid Partners, for joining us today. Please visit the website. Please go see all of the wonderful work that they're doing. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you so much, Carl. This has been Issues and Answers from Town Square Media. If you would like to suggest a topic for our weekly program, simply open our station app and hit the app chat feature to send us a note about an issue you would like to hear discussed on Issues and Answers. You can also reach us by phone by dialing 970-242-7788. I'm Carl Hughes. Join us next week for another round of Issues and Answers with Town Square Media.